Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingry Nation podcast. And uh, with me as usual, Mr. Aldo, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Doing pretty good after some pizza. It was you know a long what? day. I also had some pizza too. Um, I think you, you guys have you guys have dough, right? Is there a dough up there in uh, the Metroplex area? Dough pizza? Uh, not that I know of. They're not sponsoring this podcast. I should get up to do it, but uh, <laughs> they're one of my favorite pizza places here in town. And uh, they basically they did that thing where they canceled all their Grubhub relationships because uh, Grubhub's not really good for restaurants, and so then they they kind of implemented their own deal. Um, and, uh, anyway, so got some delivery from them. It was taste as good. And, uh, you know, so I'm all pizzaed up also. Yeah. I mean, pizza is yeah. like one of those. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pizza is one of those things that, you know, after a long, hard day, <sighs> you just don't want to cook anything. You put it in the oven. It yeah, comes it's, out. It's and like it's the just, perfect it food, it. man. Yeah. It's great. All right. Let's, uh, shall we jump into it? Um, North Texas is scheduled to play um southern miss this weekend i don't think that's ever like meant more to say they're scheduled to play it used to be you know mm-hmm. it's on the schedule that's when you're playing it um but now you never know um last week north texas was scheduled to play houston that didn't work houston has not had a home opener yet Bless um, hard. yeah so I, i've been kind of going back and forth i think north texas as we discussed last week Really needed some improvement time, and I think you get that on the practice field. But given that they had to, you know, kind of socially distance and kind of modify some things because of contact tracing and everything, I don't know how much practicing, like valuable practicing, ideal world practicing they got. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how much... Um like you said, once you test positive, what happens to the team? Do they just stop practicing until the tests start coming back negative for everybody or, or what? Now, if we could have played Houston, of course, yeah, that, that would be better rep and, you know, got game speed and stuff for, for the new QBs and, and that's what we need. Um, but, but yeah, that's when you got COVID on the team, you gotta, you gotta slow things down. All right. So, uh, I don't want to rehash too much of last week, but if you didn't, if you're wondering, like, hey, man, how come you guys are not talking about how awful it was versus uh, 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 SMU? Well, we did a lot of that last week, so we're not going to rehash everything, uh, but we'll hit the high points. Defense was awful. Um, it was, like, over 700 yards allowed, and the uh, the offense was not so good. A lot of false starts. Uh, basically, just got down 24 nothing, and there's still, uh, like, a quarterback situation i guess we could say uh and i'm looking at the depth chart right now and these dudes are still listed as or you know jason bean or austin ani who knows man who knows um i i've mentioned before that i think that's a silly way to do it do it uh and i'll say it again um i i don't if neither of these guys are better than the other then you just kind of pick one and go with them, right? Yeah. You're not really losing anything if neither one of them is that much better. Um, you know, go with the one Other that you... games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> except games. Um, <laughs> so do you have any other thoughts on that one? 
I mean, no. Now, if you want to look on the bright side, the defense might have allowed 700 yards of offense, but they didn't allow 800. <laughs> um, <laughs> two QBs is better than no QBs. Uh, looking at the defensive uh, starters, same same guys, uh, Caleb Colvin, Deion Noble, Devontae McRae are your three uh, front men there. Uh, Kevin Wood, Katie Davis, Tyreek Davis are your three linebackers. Cam Johnson, Gaddy, Sanders, Crosby, Whitlock, all your secondary. No real changes there. I think uh I think Kevin Wood is starting over and I think that might be the only difference there if I if I remember correctly. But basically well, I mean, not a whole lot of differences. The biggest change from the SMU game is that we got the Davis guys back. So that's you know, you get your starters back in who knows if that's a huge difference in terms of of going from the the first string to second string but but you got your starters and they're starters for a reason yeah you know so i i rewatched a few clips uh well a lot of clips of that smu game again and um uh, yeah you know I, I wrote about it today uh so I, I think if you're listening to this podcast i don't know if you've read it already maybe you're listening and you're like okay now i'm gonna go read it but go read it and i have some clips that kind of basically illustrate what I'm talking about here. Um, but I, I, it was not just because those guys were out, right? I, I, it's easy to say, well, your starters are out, your defense get gashed. Makes sense to me, buddy, right? I'm a football knower. Uh, but it, it's more like there were a couple times when maybe, you know, Katie Davis, Tyreek Davis would have made like a great play. But it's not like, uh, uh, what's his name, Kyler Howell or uh, the other guys were out of position. They were just, you know, they just got blocked up easily. Um, and when everybody was there, obviously except the, the Davis kids, the first 50-yard bomb had nothing to do with the linebackers. Like maybe they would have diagnosed the play a little bit and maybe they would have gotten the quarterback's face a little bit. But um, the fact remains is that uh, that dude is running free five yards in either direction. There was not a not a North Texas guy there. And a little bit later, it wasn't uh, because North Texas didn't have, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Keelan Crosby out there, um, you know, that the mistake was made uh, when the guy's running free. It was Michael Sanders on his side. It was uh, the other corner. Jordan Rucker playing. I mean, I don't know. You know, Jordan Rucker's a, a redshirt sophomore. You know, I mean, it's not like he's a, he walked straight out of the, out the high school uh, field and walked into the, you know, into the game. He's played. He's been in the system a little bit. Um, you know, the mistake apparently was his. There was a lot of stuff like that. And then the week before that against Houston Baptist, it was, you know, Jackson Gibbs. It was guys that had been playing and getting reps, right? So, I mean, there's more to it than, oh, we just didn't have guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. But uh, just for the sake of the argument, you know, you you got guys that, you guys, the starters, Dave, the, the two Davis guys, they're starting because they see things, you know, maybe they see things a little bit better than the than the backup guys or, or they're a little bit faster or they get out of jams that, that the the linebackers, the, the second string guys would, would normally get into so maybe sure they're not going to be able to cover and there will be a busted play or five 
in a game because it, it just happens. You've got, you know, five guys running out and you've got to defend those those receivers and, and whatnot. But um, they're they can make a difference and it can happen when it matters. You know, they might be able to get instead of a conversion from uh, a first down conversion, they'll stop a, a, a play on third down and we'll get the ball back. Um, it, it, it can. Yeah, I mean, change I, I, like four plays in a game. I, agree, I agree with that. I mean, they're starters for a reason. They make plays. Um, and like typically, I think that's what you want, right? You want your starters to make the difference between a good play and a great play, right? Um, you want them to, you know, make make the difference between well, we we had to punt, and uh, well, we got a, an amazing catch and it's a you know touchdown or something like that. Um, but there were just so many plays where everybody got blocked up, so it was not like well, if we had the linebacker, well, maybe again. Maybe on that play, uh, Tyreek Davis shoots the gap, and it's not Howell trying to shoot the gap, and uh, you know we get a two-yard loss. That could have been the difference. But the very next play, it was a 15-yard gain. Nobody touched the dude until Michael Sanders, um, you know, 15 yards down the field. And by then, he had a head of steam. He kind of rolled over him and got three extra yards. You know what I'm saying? It's like there were just a lot of plays like that where I don't know that these Davis guys are going to make the difference between, well, he was running free for 20 yards. <laughs> and, well, you know, they were just going to, you know, we're not we're not talking about, uh, you know, Brian Urlacher back there or, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't think they would have changed the game. That's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, the defense is still in a spot where it's pr- pretty weak and it's got a lot of – it's got a lot of weaknesses, um, yeah. but maybe at the end of the the game, you know, that that might have been one fewer touchdown for the, for SMU, or yeah. maybe even two fewer touchdowns. So you're saying instead of 721 yards, maybe 598. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mean, you know, kind of some jokes aside, you know what? Let me let me do this. This is one thing I, I realize we never do on this preview podcast, uh, mostly because I think you can find this stuff out yourself. I mean, if you found this podcast, I think it's infinitely harder to find this podcast than it is to find the game. But the game, Saturday, October 3rd, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Right now it's going to be on, uh, was it CBS Sports Network? Is that what it is? Or Stadium? Is that what it is? I don't know. This lists Stadium, but I think they were thinking of moving it to like 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Is that the case? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be CBS Sports, but I am usually wrong on stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me double check that again. But it is going to be this weekend. They're not moving it to, <laughs> to some other day. Uh, see, this is already wrong. I'm, I'm already a terrible uh, previewer, turns out. <laughs> uh, yeah, when is this game going to be played? So I'm looking at everything else is stadium. I don't know. So that's TBA. I'm seeing Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah, there's. It might be moved. That's the weird part about it, right? Like, because it was originally scheduled to be on Stadium at six thirty. I've also seen today, uh, five p.m. CBS Sports Network. Um, I mean, the good news is there's still a pandemic. I don't think that your plans are going to drastically change uh, between the hours of five and six thirty, where you're going to be like, well, that just kind of throws it all out. I'm not going to be able to watch this game. Uh, stadium is accessible. Uh, hopefully that's not like stadium on Facebook because I hate that. Hopefully they do move it to CBS Sports Network because I do have that channel. 
If you don't have that channel, I do recommend like Fubo TV. They have like a seven day free trial. Try it out. I have it. It's it's fine. You know. Um, I'm seeing this other uh, site. It's CBS Sports site, uh, Facebook Live. So that might be Stadium on on Facebook. All right, cool. Um, well, that's pretty terrible. Uh, Facebook Live sucks, but uh, what well, are you Stadium do, you can also get as an app, right? Um, you can get it on the Apple TV or or I think on your iPhone. I think they canceled that. I think uh, I had it on my uh, Apple TV, and they're like, uh, this is going to be removed soon, so whatever. Look, you'll be able to find it, and you know we'll tweet about it or something like that. But it, it is viewable, even if it is a little difficult. Um, so there you go. Southern Miss. Who are they? How did they come to be? Uh, well, they're on a decline, man. If you are worried about like North Texas, Southern Miss is, uh, you know, they have a interim head coach which is never good uh we we joked about him last week that he's one of these young guys that is like oh man did you see that second <laughs> down let's get hype fist bump all right all right, all right buddy um they lost a handful of players because uh they decided to to sit the season out and then subsequently transfer because of covid but they still have talent right jack abraham threw for 400 yards against us last year uh, Tim Jones is the latest and greatest wide receiver, 6'1", 202 pounds, senior. He's fast. He can make plays. Um, big boy. Yeah. And, you know, like, we got to worry about them. Defensively, they run the same thing they've been running for, like, five, six years now, which is a, like a four-two-five, multiple defense, that kind of thing. Uh, last year, their defense was pretty solid, and they held North Texas basically scoreless in the second half until, like, Jason Bean threw through a, a meaningless touchdown like late in the game. Uh, made it 27 instead of 20. We lost. Uh, I think we were down 28-20 at halftime last year, if I remember right. And, um, you know, basically didn't score the rest of the way. It was pretty terrible. Um, you know, they're, uh, to me, I say that's because our offense is bad. But, you know, to them, they'll say, hey, you know, our defense is pretty good. They lost a few guys. They have like four, three or four transfers like defensively. Um, but, They've had that previously. Like Southern Miss always can get talent in there. You know, it's Mississippi. They always can find some talent someplace. And, um, you know, you can't take them lightly. You can take UTEP lightly. Uh, you can't take, you can't take Southern <laughs> Miss lightly. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not paying attention, you don't, you don't, you're not ready to play. You can get 40 scored on you real quick. And then you look real silly. So, yeah, I'll take your point about, um, um, Southern Miss being on the decline, and I'll offer this counterpoint. They're playing, and I don't know if you knew this, but they're playing North Texas this weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the deal. It's like if if I'm a Southern Miss fan, right, and I'm out in Hattiesburg or Laurel, Mississippi, I was out there, pre like basically right before the COVID like locked everything down. I was out there uh, for a wedding, and uh, you know, so I was in Hattiesburg. I was at the Hattiesburg Target. Uh, anyway. So, you know, if you're out there and you're, you know, you're a Southern Miss fan, one, you have like an elevated sense of self, the way all Conference USA schools do. And the only thing that matters is your school. And you can't believe you're associated with all these other Conference USA schools. Um, but you're thinking, hey, North Texas, um, they're struggling. They don't have a quarterback. Their defense is terrible. This is a chance for Jack Abraham to throw the ball around, get four or 500 yards. Uh, Tim Jones can go for, you know, 150, two scores. We should be able to right ourselves, and we need some writing because uh, Tulane whooped us 66-24, to 24, 
And uh, before that, LaTeX escaped. Um, you know, we had them beat, and they got that last-second touchdown. So we're due uh, some good luck, and the, the football gods gave us North Texas. Right? That's what you're thinking. And, you know, I don't really disagree with them. North Texas is in a weird spot right now. Our defense is pretty terrible. Uh, I, I can't trust it, even though I, I do trust the players. I think the scheme is a little weird. And nobody really knows what they're supposed to do, which is the worst-case scenario for defense. And the offense is still getting in its own way. Like, there were so many false start penalties, dude. Just you watching that It was that so thing. frustrating. It was, I think it was the most I'd ever seen in a game, in a North Texas game. Uh, did you see I gift that, uh, you know, head-shaking? Um... <laughs> yes. That was for you, man. <laughs> I appreciated it. Uh, yeah, uh, well, all right. So the North Texas offense, are we are we getting into this North Texas offense versus defense? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so I think uh, the North Texas offense can take on their defense pretty well. Um, they look pretty weak in the middle. And, you know, guys like Oscar, and it could be by chance whoever gets that, that lucky handoff, but it could, Oscar Attaway could, could have a huge game, or, or if uh, Tory happens to get the ball and he gets a good break, he's going to go on a 70 yard run. The, you know, maybe two of them have 100 plus yard games. It's going to be awesome for the run game, I believe. Uh, the pass game uh, should be fine, too. I don't think there's any problem there. There's, it's going to be a high scoring affair. I think the over under is 70.5. Uh, and I think it could easily get higher than that. Um, I'm not worried about the offense. Um, I think we can attack their their defense. There's enough weaknesses on the Southern Miss defensive side that that it will be just fine. Yeah, I mean, again, like week one against HBU, week two against SMU, the offense wasn't that bad. You know, they moved the ball okay. There's a lot of times, like I said, where the offense got in its own way. Um, you know, third and two, lining up, false start. Oh, okay, now it's third and seven, right? Um, fumble the snap on, like, the second play of the game. Like, what are you doing? I mean, you're just not really there. Um, wide open, Jair Shorter, overthrow him. Uh, wide open, Ogden Macon, underthrow him. Um, you know, just... Things like this, or like a couple times, I think they were trying to check out of a play and they didn't do it. Uh, it just, you know, nothing that the defense did. SMU had some vulnerabilities in there. Um, you know, I thought everything else being equal, the run game moved the ball pretty well. And uh, I think you can say, hey, between Austinani and Jason Bean, you can get 24 to 28 points, right? Um, will they throw a back-breaking interception? Like, if you absolutely need them to drive the ball down the field with two minutes to go, will they be able to do that? I don't really trust them to do that. But could they manufacture 24 points somewhere throughout the game? Like, but if you put Mason Fine in there, he would have got 35? Yes, I could see that, right? I think I think the biggest change here, and this is also a matter of weakness for, for um, um, a point of weakness for Southern Miss, is that, they're going to be vulnerable for, uh, against a running quarterback, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot of more, you know, of the option uh, type plays from Bean or from Ani, who's ever out there. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Tulane—they're really good at running the ball, so I, I really wouldn't ma- look at the—and not to say that you are—but if you're looking at the way Tulane sliced them up, Tulane has that spread option 
attack, right? It's the same coach that was at like Sam Houston State or whatever. Um, like it's it's basically it's, there's a lot of things that are uh, you know option based, right? It's not quite the same way that we do things, but yeah, I, I think that the good thing about Ani and Bean is that we bring that dynamic uh, now that threat, the quarterback run threat that we didn't have with uh, Mason Fine. I mean, Mason Fine will scoot around, and get ten yards, and he did break an eighty yarder against uh, against UTSA. But that was almost because nobody thought that he was going to do that. They're like, whatever, leave the quarterback, uh, double Jason uh, Jeff Wilson, and then you're like, what the, is this guy running? You know, great. <laughs> I, I think every time we mention that run, we should have the rap horn go off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna do it. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was at that game. I was getting like some snackages, so I was walking back. I thought we returned the kick all the way until like the next day. I did not even know that it was a Mason Fire return because it, it just kind of <laughs> happened so quick, right? Um, okay, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, if that's the challenge, right? And that's the fascinating part. Uh, if you're the offensive coordinator or the offensive coaching staff, is that you know you're looking at what you have here. You got Bean, you got Ani, Darden, Simpson. Shorter, Attaway, Tory, all these guys, and you're like, okay, what is the best combination of personnel, um, play calling, and like, you know, formation that's gonna, you know, get us moving down the field, right? And and then tie together to open us, open up, open up the defense enough to get us like more points, right? Um, like if we keep lining up with this, what are they going to do and what are we going to go? Right. Can we just, you know, like what is the optimal kind of, uh, play calling series? It's going to open up more points for us. And, you know, I like it. I think that's, that's where you can't just simply call, you know, maybe the ideal play, uh, for the defense, because you don't know if your guys can execute that. Right. Um, so again, it, that's the part that coaches like, I think, uh, I think that's fascinating. We are, of course, not really privy to that, to those those fascinating conversations where we'd be sitting in there and, you know, Seth Luttrell saying, like, well, we can't call this one. That'll be great because Ani can't make that throw. Or, you know, it's 50-50. So what we're going to have to do is attack him this way in the game plan. You know, that would be that would be ideal. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, like you said, I think we need to rely on the run game. And that means maybe we need to slow the tempo a bit right like maybe we need to go west coast style and script the first you know 10 plays so that way we know we can get we know we can get a first down and then we say okay we once we get a first down let's go tempo but right now let's script these plays and let's take 38 seconds you know like to run them let's not just what is this hurry up and fall start. yeah let's not hurry up and fall start here man i mean yeah and i think that was a big part of it now that you mentioned it it, it Going up tempo is good if you are going in and scoring or getting a, a lot of yards. Um, if you're going up to the line and then you're really worried about getting off the ball and causing a false start, that really is what, what screws up those drives and then the up tempo just collapses and, and you get a thir- three and out in, what, 30 seconds of, of game clock, which which is horrible. That's not what you want to do. That's the uh, And I think I tweeted about it is you, you live by it or you die by it. And so when you are, are making those mistakes, especially when you're not mature enough in the, this new system, your third system in three years, then it can become 
uh, a liability. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing, especially to start the game. Like, you're not really, uh, you know, I always think that, like, get a great first play, right? That's the play that should always work to me. Um, because you've had all week, you know, you've had um, all the time that you could possibly have to get this first play right. And it is ridiculous to me that the first play is usually a dive into the line that doesn't do anything. And I realize that sometimes it's like a jab or something like that. You're just like, yeah, let's just feel them out see how they react in here. But, I mean, you could literally just bring out bring out your weird formation, right? Put Ani and Bean out there. See what they do. That is something weird. That'll <laughs> get them scrambling, right? You come out and just whatever and like, okay, uh, dive into the line. I mean, you know, it's not really going to do anything. Um, you know, and and uh, I, what was I going to say? I wrote this about the defense, but I think sometimes you just got to do your job better. I say this at work sometimes, right? When people are like, you know, do we need a new process here to make sure that, uh, you know, when we're doing, I was like, I don't know, man. Sometimes maybe Jim over here just needs to send the email when it's time to send the email, right? It seems like Jim just dropped the ball and, you know. <laughs> That's it. We yeah. don't need a new process to help Jim, you know, not drop the ball. Sometimes you just got to do your job, do your job better. Yeah. That's the only, that's the only option. And as an example, you know, a team like UAB, which uh, I always like their creativity and the way they, they run the ball is sometimes they have seven linemen out on the field uh, and they're not all on the line. They put those linemen in the backfield as, as an H back or, or some type of, of blocker coming off the uh, from the from the backfield, but they don't always do the same thing every time. Sometimes they'll they'll reverse the block and kind of a counter move, or um, they'll go up and and lead block, or maybe they'll even go out and, and catch a touchdown because um, nobody's paying attention to them. They're line linemen in the backfield, uh, so it's it's those kinds of of plays um, that can really make a difference. Um, trying to throw the the defense off off balance. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that they are good at executing the run. Right, they can always run the ball. Um, they're adding that to get some variety. You know, what I mean, just to throw you off because now you're like, well, what do we do? It's basically like a free five five yards, right? Because you're like, um, hey, our rules say that I'm supposed to follow this running back, but it's really a lineman. And if he's going to come, you know I mean, like, so then that just kind of throws you off and you spend some time preparing for it. And then it's weird. So best case scenario for your defense preparing against something like that is like, you know what? Let them run it three times and they get five yards. Right. But then if they execute it, because it's basically a guaranteed five yards when they need three yards, then you're freaking out. Right. And then you can get them. Now they're going to overcommit. And then, like you said, you sneak out a, a lineman for a, a catch and it becomes like. 15 to 20 yards you're like how did we let a lineman because you know what I mean that, that's the beauty of football that's that's what's great about it I think um but it all comes down to making them you know get out of their comfort zone and you know like uh you know I asked this last year when we we're talking about it what is our thing that we think you know what if they line up in their base defense they cannot guard this like what is that is it the run game? Maybe. Do we think we can get five yards every time when they line up in base defense? Maybe. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I don't. 
I don't know what aspect of the offense that is. I know in 2016, I thought that about Jeff Wilson. I'm like, if they line up base defense, they can't stop Jeff Wilson, right? They got to sneak somebody up. And then so the question becomes, can we exploit that? Can we exploit our one-on-one matchup out here with whoever was Wilson? Was that guy's name? I can't remember. One of those receivers out there. Um, All right, then let's call it. What's going to be the first play of the game on offense? It's going to be run RPO. And, and, and then they're going to hand the ball off. It's going to go into the line. It's going to be like four yards, maybe. Um, I'm do, I'm going to say the exact same thing, but it's going left. And <laughs> it's going to be an eight-yard gain. What? Okay. I'm going to write this down. Mental note. <laughs> um, Heard it here first, y'all. So just a, a note. I'm, I'm looking at the records. Um, career receptions. Jalen Darden uh, in his four-year career is at 166 career receptions all-time record is Casey Fitzgerald at 229 so I, I don't really think that Dar- Darlin's never been a like a 10 catch a game kind of dude he's always like three two three four five catches maybe um you know Carlos Harris uh had 197 in his uh four-year career he's number two Johnny Quinn 187 David Brown 1994 era 182 so the next one on the list is uh david brown jalen darden needs to like step it up i don't really think he's gonna grab it this year because we're just like fewer games right we're not playing 12 13 games a season and yeah, he just doesn't yeah, catch that reason mm-hmm. uh but career receiving touchdowns uh what does darden have like five in two two weeks he has 20 Simple like that yeah yeah 24 uh career touchdowns ron shanklin 1967 69 uh his career at North Texas, 31 TD grabs. And that's number one? Yeah. In case you're wondering, Johnny Quinn, 21 uh, in his four years. Rico Bussey, 21 in his uh, four years. Casey Fitzgerald, the great Casey Fitzgerald, 20. Jalen Guyton, so, uh, 15. So he's on pace, right? He can He can make this happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that even with the dual quarterback system, right, he's managed five in two games. Um, he can score. He's he's that guy that scores touchdowns. So I feel good about his chances of getting seven more touchdowns in the year. Uh, it's going to be rough. It's like the, maybe the upper limit, but I feel good about it. Yeah, for sure. He he he'll get the defense will focus on him. But one, he's really good at football. He gets open uh, fairly frequently, uh, and the and the you know Bean and Ani look to him uh, just because he's he's a, a machine out there. Um. And also, he's uh, a slot man in a in a spread style system, where uh, this this style of play is suited to him and and his type of of game. Did, did I throw too many cliches out there? <laughs> no, the, he loves this game of football. Uh, he's <laughs> so he's a, a slot guy that's really good, and he's in an air raid <laughs> type spread scheme, and and that benefits his his stats. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of yards, though. I mean, he's at 1,700. The record, Johnny Quinn, 2,700. Uh, Casey Fitzgerald, in case you remember him, is t- at 2,500, 2,533. Uh, Darden, again, is just outside the top 10 at 1,700. I think if he gets another five, 600 yards, that seems reasonable. That'll put him at, you know, 2,300. He'll be he'll end up like sixth all-time or something. I don't think DeAndre Torrey is going to catch Lance Dunbar, Dunbar's 41 rushing touchdowns, though. Uh, DeAndre Torrey's had 18, in case you're wondering. He's tied with Antoine Jimerson all time. For number two? 
Uh, for number ten. Number ten. Oh, yeah. Uh, number one, Lance Dunbar, forty-one. Number two, Patrick Cobbs, thirty-six. Number three, Jeff Wilson, thirty-two. That sounds about right. Jamario Thomas, twenty-seven. He had like eighteen, right, in one year, or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. So just all-time career touchdowns. That's also Lance Dunbar, forty-nine. In case you're wondering. Yeah. So. Those are some of the record watches. It's basically watching Jalen Dard and seeing if we can break some of those all-time ones. Uh, it's a bit tough, right? Uh, he needs to get a lot of help. But, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think he can because he has been able to do it. I want one of these quarterbacks to step up, say the job is mine, and throw, you know, five touchdowns a game and three to Dard in per game. That would be ideal. <laughs> be nice. So let's... uh. Let's get into the actual defense versus offense kind of thing. Uh, uh, I think Southern Miss is a talented team, but I think this is a better opportunity because um, they're a little bit more one-dimensional. Like, I mean, they have guys that can make plays, but like SMU is a little bit more well-rounded. They have guys, playmakers all over the field. Uh, you know, USM is just a little bit like, look out for this guy and, you know, just play normal defense everywhere else. Uh, Jack Abraham, I think he's a good quarterback, but he's not, you know, he's nothing amazing. He's not going to be an all-time great. He's just a really good Conference USA quarterback. Uh, he's a threat, but, you know, I think I was a little scared of that HBU guy who's thrown for, like, uh, was it, basically averaging 400 yards a game in his three games against FBS competition. That guy scares mm-hmm. me. Jack Abraham, I'm like, I think we can get to him. How do you feel about that matchup? Yeah, it, it doesn't scare me as much. So so going into SMU against Jane Bouchelle, I was like, okay, we probably won't beat them. Bouchelle's good. He can he can make plays. He's smart. Um, Abraham, no offense to him, but he's not Bouchelle, obviously. Um, he can beat us, beat us in some in spots, but I think overall we can contain him. I'm more worried about. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have three or four huge pass plays that they'll, it was, it'll be a breakdown in defense, but I'm more worried about their their run game. I think they have a better run game than SMU, to be honest. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, it's SMU had a – they have like a different style of run game, right? They'll line up. I think they'll get in formations that, that put us in, in over-leveraged spots. Um, I mean, again, USM has been talented. They beat us. Last year, what was it, uh, 45-27. Um, we had a three-game winning streak against them, though, right? 30-7 to here in Denton in 2018. Um, that one was a little closer. I think the offense didn't really break out until late. Uh, then Mason Fine hit, like, a big touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that big win in Hattiesburg, 43-28, where Jalen Guyton showed out, and it was a big comeback. That was a big game. Um, the 29-23 to um, one in 2016. That was a big win because USM, I think, in that one was a better team. They had a quarterback injury, however, and I think just North Texas got some some uh, clutch turnovers. Nate Brooks was awesome in that one. Uh, shut down a really good receiver. Just you know, that was kind of the beginning of like, hey, we could beat this team. Uh, prior to that, I think North Texas lost five of six. Uh, you know, just over the years. So I think, yeah, I, short version, North Texas matches up well with, with Southern Miss. Um, the question is, hey, is this defense going to play some defense? And 
is Southern Miss going to be um, as good as they are? They going to play up to their talent level, or do they feel like you know what the season's kind of done for? You know, like this coach ain't the dude. I don't know if we want to be here. Guys are leaving. It's COVID. Maybe we I don't think just that's the out. case. I, I think against La Tech, I think that's what the kind of team we'll see uh, um, this weekend. Uh, that that type of game is what we'll we'll watch because uh, it's two conference USA teams. The the talent level is a little bit more balanced than going up against a team like Tulane, which sounds almost kind of weird to say. Um, they you know, the first half against Tulane was was pretty evenly matched. It's just uh, after the half, Tulane made some adjustments and just ran all over, and they realized their <laughs> the, what the weaknesses were. And uh, yeah. you know, it was twenty something to twenty something in the first half, and then it yeah. ended up being sixty something. 66 yeah uh yeah it just to to support your point there uh against south alabama i thought that was a, another game where uh you know southern miss kind of showed you know they weren't they're beating themselves up right throwing interceptions turning the ball over not completing drives um they had was it 95 yards rushing on 37 carries in that one they had 129 against tech and only 70 against tulane uh you know some of that's quarterback sacks and whatever but I, you know, that was the kind of thing where they had to, they had to throw, um, you know, they've thrown an interception at least one last couple games. I've been saying that Jack Abraham will throw you an interception. Uh, you know, I, I feel good. Like I said, I, despite everything you said, it's true. They will score. I don't think it's not like North Texas is going to shut them down. Right. I think I called right. it. Like you said, like a, it's not gonna be a 31 30. I, I, I said like 41 38 or something like that. Yeah, which is well over the the over under. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jack Abraham might throw that interception. He will. The question is: Is North <laughs> Texas going to catch it? <laughs> He'll throw an interceptable ball, and we'll see what. You know, I said that about Shane Bouchel, and you know what? It almost happened. I think uh, two guys ran into each other, and it bounced off their chest or something like that. Um, you're right. Uh, they'll make a play where you're like, what? That was a gift. Thank, thank the good Lord above. Bouchel basically did that. He rolled into coverage a couple times, and then you know we didn't sack him. We bounced off him, and then he's like, "Oh, let me, let me do my Cam Newton out here." Um, so I think we'll kind of get the same thing, and that's that's where we we kind of benefit. But there's gonna be a couple other ones where like Tim Jones is gonna run free for like 40 yards, and we're like, "How how did this happen again? Yet another whatever." Um, their defense is not as as stout as it was uh, last year, so that ma- that makes me feel good. Also, like Southern Miss just plays so much better at home than they do on the road. Uh, it was true last year that I'm like, look, uh, um, I think I said that before the game last year. I'm like, you know, because we have to go there, I just don't see it happening. He, uh, the dude, Jack Abraham, is just like a different guy. I don't have the splits in front of me, but uh, if you look him up, he's just superior he's a much better quarterback like best one of the best in the conference at home but he's pretty average to mediocre and maybe even bad on the road where you're just like did he just throw the ball backwards how did (laughs) what happened um one of those things Uh, you know maybe i'll look up those splits well while you kind of react to that yeah i mean it will be a better game than the SMU game, obviously. I think this is the opportunity for North Texas to finally get uh, a win against FBS team. 
and it, it should be a much better feeling game uh, by the time it's all said and done. I like it. I mean, you're not... Uh, I'm going to look up 2019. Let's look at these splits. Split stats. At home. He threw for, was it, 1,400 yards in five games. 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. 172 rating. Uh, 290 yards a game. On the road, in eight games, he threw for 2,000 yards. uh, 7.9 yards an attempt. Nine scores against 13 interceptions. QB rating of 135 uh, yards per game, 255. Yeah, he just he was just not that good. And this was again last year in 2018. I think it was very similar. Five at home, 12 TDs, four interceptions, QB rating 170, uh, 302 yards a game. On the road, three touchdowns, six interceptions, 119 rating, 208 yards a game uh, passing. Yeah, like I said, he's just like a completely different dude. It, you know, I remember looking these up before. What are not here are his, like, uh, fumbles. I don't think we have those on here. Um, yeah, I don't have his fumbles, but uh, I think I, I kind of calculated those once, and I'm like, this dude just, like, it's not only the interceptions. He'll fumble, bad snaps, just, you know, mishandle the ball. His ball handling is pretty terrible on the road. It's it's the craziest thing. So far, uh, all three games have been at home, and he's thrown five scores against two interceptions. So, I'm thinking that that's what has me hopeful, right? You can't just say, "Well, Jack Abraham's a good quarterback." You got to look out, like, yeah. But it's road Jack Abraham, where you know, I guess I don't know. Maybe he throws left-handed on the on the road. Say, "Hey, uh, switch it up. I'm gonna throw left-handed. They're not gonna be ready for it." I'm gonna go well, south. Manning on you, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I think this will be the defense's best. Or, I mean, I guess the whole team's best test for how they will play against Conference USA competition. I mean, it'll be the first test. For sure, but um, uh, you know, Southern Miss has talent, but they also have plenty of holes, and and you can say that about pretty much every single team in the conference. There's not one, you know, leader uh, in terms of a, an overall program in Conference USA, and how we do against well, Southern well, Miss. UAB is good, and so is Marshall. Marshall's ranked 23rd in the nation. So okay, okay. I see your point. So I I about West, West. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me retract what I said. Let me let me walk back my statement. That Let's number twenty three team in the nation, they ain't nobody. <laughs> Come over here, who? Marshall. <laughs> Marshall, who? Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> La Tech, uh, Southern Southern Miss. Uh, these these guys that that we we remember playing all the time. Uh, and UAB, I like them. I've always liked how they play. Um, I hate losing to them. Um, <laughs> But I feel like they're not as well rounded as as a team like like Marshall would be. Yeah. Um, there's enough things to attack uh, against all of these teams that that how we fare against Southern Miss, we can then predict how we do against the other these other teams. Yeah, I I think that's a good way of putting it. Like uh, Southern Miss is pretty much like I felt like they've been in North Texas mirror for a lot of these years. You know, I mentioned how we kind of beat them since 2016. Um, they were. They were on the rebound. They had a good. They had what uh, Nick Mullins there for a while. They, you know, they had to figure out another, another quarterback. They had Keon Howard out there for a little bit, and then like that other dude, I forget his name. Um, both of them weren't really the answer. They found Jack Abraham. They felt good, and then last year was kind of a like a changing of the guard, right? Um, we went over there. They beat us. 
Um, and they kind of felt like, yeah, we proved something. North Texas has been good kept past couple of seasons. They had a number. Now is our chance to, to jump up and bite them. Um, this year it's kind of weird because they are they have a good quarterback. They remind me of North Texas last year where you're like, well, they got a quarterback. They have some receivers. Why are they getting blown out? Or like, why is it not, you know, should they be better? Um, whereas we are kind of in that Southern Miss stage of a couple seasons ago where they had, hey, we have Keon Howard, but maybe we have his backup, you know? Like, who knows mm-hmm. who the quarterback's going to be? And, you know, that that's not a good. That, that's partly why I'm like, we just pick a guy, right? And that's kind of what Southern Miss did by default. I think everybody got hurt. Yeah, I think Southern Miss was very unlucky this summer. Um, yeah, with the attrition and, and and the personnel that they lost, that they would have been in a better position without COVID happening. Uh, but now they're, they're they're in this weird situation that they are now, and it's it's really hurt them. You know, what we should do we should take a page out of UTEP's book. They played two FCS teams, and then possibly the worst FBS team in Louisiana Monroe. That's what we should have done. We would have been three and one, like they are. Right? <laughs> are they ranked? Good. Why are they not twenty three? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was looking at that. I was like, I, I can't believe that they are three and one. I did not realize that. And I looked at the scores. They like squeaked by Abilene Christian, right? They had a battle against Stephen F. Austin. And I'm like, maybe just UTEP just needs to be a FCS squad, <laughs> man. Uh, so far, so good in FCS play for them. Um, yeah, so I feel good. I feel better about this week's game. I don't really feel, what is the word, that hopeful. I, I'm not, like, we're definitely going to win. I don't feel confident. I feel like we'll see a better performance. And meaning, like, hey, we'll see their punter a couple times. That might be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what that guy looks like. We are putting the ball. And, yeah, mostly what we were looking for, right? We're talking about setting expectations. What do we want to see? For me. I want to see just a cleaner game from our guys. Um, and, you know, I don't mean that looking at the players. I'm looking at the coaching staff. Like, our guys are committing too many penalties, committing too many mistakes, right? We're just not really coached well, I guess. Um, none of that's drilled in people's heads. Uh, maybe you say it, but that's not coaching, right? You know, I can go I can tell my kids uh, when it's, uh, you know, 7 o'clock, what everybody brush your teeth, go to bed. But, you know, they're toddlers. They're not going to listen. You know what I mean? You know, like, I have to enforce it, reinforce it, quit clamoring on your sister, quit throwing. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you have to do the, the work. And if they're not responding to however you are saying it to them at the moment, well, then adjust the way you're saying it to them, right? And so, um, that's another thing. I don't want to see Seth Trill shaking his head like, oh, what are these <laughs> kids doing? Well, they're responding to your coaching is what they're doing, buddy. Um, you know, like... I think that is a reflection. I do believe that, right? And it ultimately is to the coach. Like you're like, well, the players are not executing. Yeah. Well, why is the coach not coaching them? Um, and if he's not like whatever he's saying, his coaching style. If he has the wrong players, well, maybe he shouldn't have recruited them, right? Uh, and if he doesn't have anybody else, well, why were you not recruiting a better guy, somebody that will listen to play him instead of this guy that's not listening, right? Um, but I don't think it's to that extent. I just think. You know, it's, it's not like they're knuckleheads or whatever. They, they, you know, whatever whatever it is, it's not working. Sloppy on defense, uh, sloppy on offense. Um, 
what where's the emphasis in the uh, you know on the coaching staff and the in practice and all this other stuff right in the program where is it because it's not being reflected in the product on the field yeah i, I agree that that um fixing discipline uh, on the offense will help with the up-tempo and if it's not working if the up-tempo is not working then just get away from it it, it won't be that big a deal it's not a big loss uh, if if all you need to do is get people in the right tempo, in the right rhythm. Uh, but I'm going to talk about the defense. I'm going to go with uh, what I want to see is is better de- discipline on the defense, wrapping up the tackles. You know, if you hit the quarterback, bring him down. That'd be great. <laughs> um, we got more pressure on Shane Buchel than than I expected us to do, which is awesome, which is great. Yeah. Uh, what I'm hoping to see is to finish and follow through. Uh, with that defensive pressure along the front line. Yeah, I think, uh, again, like, um, whereas maybe this guy, what's his name? Uh, I can't even think of the coach's name. I wrote it down. I forgot it. Um, but this interim coach, he's a you know bright offensive mind. I think he's going to do good things. Everybody liked him. Um, but he's not really a guy that has the coaching experience. Like, um, Sonny Dykes has been an offensive genius done it at a bunch of levels for a long time right he did it at tech he went to cal now he's here he's done it everywhere he's done a lot of places uh you know he's proven that you know he can turn a bad offense into a good one right and uh you know maybe he doesn't have a good team but he has really explosive offenses that score in 60 and 70 and you're like how how um so when they go out there and they're able to do that against us it's not surprising that they're like hey their defense looks a little shaky I know how to exploit that. We're going to do these things, right? And he knows how to coach all that up. Um, this guy, maybe he could design up some good plays and what have you, but can he design up some good plays while also coaching the entire team? That's a little, that's a question mark. So, uh, yeah, I think the defense will look a little bit better just by by that reason, right? I mean, like, uh, they won't be 100% exploiting all their weaknesses, Maybe they'll get fifty percent of them, right? And a couple of them, we're mm-hmm. look, they're looking at the tape and like, man, if that guy would have saw this other guy, that would have been six. But I'm glad he didn't, so they only got a first down or whatever the case is, you know. So, um, you know, in that respect, I think we'll be better. And again, also we're getting road Jack Abraham, you know, he'll <laughs> throwing left handed out there or something, and so I, that makes me feel a little bit better. Again, maybe it's going to be a drive where. You know, a really great quarterback would have you know, said, oh, that's touchdown. But Jack Abraham says, oh, that's a fumble. Uh, where'd the ball go? You know? And so that makes me feel a little bit better. We're at home. All those things makes me feel a little bit better. But I think we're going to have to earn it. It's not going to be easy. We're going to have to scrape and fight for this one. Southern Miss is not a bad team. They're just a team struggling. They have talent. you got to respect them. All those other good things. I feel like it's going to be easier uh, and, and a win for me both ways. Um, it's either going to be a win by like three points or it's going to be a win by 30 points. There's not going to be any in between. Well, I mean, that is the that's the entire thing. They're either going to die or they're going to live. I mean, yeah, it's not really a lot. <laughs> but I see what you're saying because I think uh, because of the nature of both teams that whatever combination you put in, I can see anything happening, right? Like... I could see a case where back and forth. Yeah. It was just like, uh, neither team has a defense and both teams are just scoring like crazy. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that, uh, was it Peyton Manning when he was on the Colts and then, uh, Dick Vermeil's, uh, chiefs 
where they're like, it just basically they could keep scoring touchdowns against each other all the way, and nobody's ever going to stop it, stop it at the end. Um, or like a Big Twelve game. Um, yeah, I could see that happening, but I could also see one team just kind of falling apart, right? Like if yet again North Texas is like defenders run into each other, uh, three Stooges like. You know, where they're just kind of demoralized, where it demoralizes everybody, and they're like, what the hell? And that just kind of completely deflates the team, and then Southern Miss starts pulling away. But I can also see it the other way, where maybe North Texas scores, you know, a couple in a row, and then those Southern Miss dudes start looking at each other like, this is the same crap that happened last week against Tulane. You're telling me? And then they start fighting, and then we do, you know, we get that win that way, right? You know, because nobody really came to go play for this guy, Sean, whatever. Right, they came to play for sort of Jay Hobson. So you know, you know, what I'm saying like some of that. You don't really have their leader, their head coach there. So I, I feel like it's very vulnerable to falling apart. Yeah, and I agree with you. They fell apart again in that way that you just described against Tulane uh, pretty quickly, and that's how Tulane ran away with the game. Um, and so that's that's this possibility that I'm that I'm thinking of that that we could just all of a sudden run away with the ball get the defense get like maybe two or three stops and then we score every single time on those stops, which is yeah. would jump us from a, from maybe a tie to a 21 point lead all of a sudden. And that could change the game pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah it reminds me of uh, when Dan McCarney got fired. I felt like the defense, the North Texas defense, um, that it was bad, right? On paper, you're like, wow, they're getting scored on like every time. But I didn't think they had bad players. Uh, and I think a lot of those guys from that team ended up playing pretty well for, um, you know, like the next couple seasons, like the early uh, uh, Latrell years. I think some of it really was them just looking at the offense and saying, it's really hard to give everything that we have, and play, you know, outside of our minds, and then have to come back here after three plays, right? You mm-hmm. guys are going to get three and out, and then what? You know what I mean? Like, we're not ever getting any benefit. It's hard to try so hard every time. And I think that was a little demoralizing. You can just kind of see it. Everybody was just like, we're just getting through the season. We're not even really, you know what I mean? And uh, I think a lot of that was evident. So I could see, you know, that it has happened. It's happened here. Um, you know, obviously that was that Portland State game, right? Um, that Some of those guys from that team played good defense the next year. It happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's what's up. That's, that's Southern Miss. Who knows what channel it's going to be on? (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to scour the internet day of, uh, but it was, like I said, it was scheduled to be on stadium. I think there's some back and forth about where it's going to be exactly, uh, you know, the big 10 and everybody's getting ready to play again. So, uh, I guess we have to be back on, on Bob's super cool website or something, you know, and (laughs) stream it that way. Um, so are you gonna try to go to the game? Uh, no, probably won't be able to. Still, still, just gonna continue protocol. Yeah, I know. Uh, at least a friend of the show, Billy Sierra, said he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna sit in the wing and see what happens." Uh, I forgot to follow up with him, see exactly how that went. Uh, I can't imagine it was a fun game to go to though, because uh, I was it got unfun pretty quick. Right, it was like twenty four nothing. Uh, just another note. Uh, hopefully, somebody told Seth the Trail how you're supposed to wear a mask because he was wearing it as a beard. That's not really it. COVID doesn't come through your chin. Uh, it comes through 
like your nose, your mouth, your respiratory system, orifices. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you don't you don't need a chin strap uh, there, Seth. In case you listen to the show. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Got about five more minutes left. No, I mean, I, as I was prepping for the for this podcast, I was thinking, you know, there's really not much to say here. <laughs> we sucked against SMU. Southern Miss is. It has its weaknesses, and we can exploit it. We have the tools to exploit Southern Miss's weaknesses. And so I feel, you might not feel hopeful, but I feel pretty hopeful against this team. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm i still interested in the journey, right? Like, I want to see how they turn this around, like the staff, uh, how the players kind of take it. Um, you know, they got beat pretty bad last week. Who are who are the leaders going to be? Who's going to step up? All those things are interesting to me. Uh, I think where it's uninteresting is like from a conference USA race perspective. Um, we don't get to do that normal thing where we say, "Well, you know, uh, you know, we're still in this race. We get this. We're one and zero in the conference. Everything's lining up. We still have all the goals in front of us. Bowl game, conference championship, whatever." Because you don't even know. Like even if you win the league title this year, what does that even mean? Like Old Dominion's not going to mm-hmm. play. Rice is not going to start playing until Halloween. Uh, like FAU is going to play their opener this week uh, against Charlotte, and Charlotte hasn't played since September twelfth. Yeah, it just a lot of weird stuff happening, right? Like you have UTEP, which has played four games. Rice has played zero games. Yeah, you know, same conference. It's it's weird to be the champion of that. Like what? Do you, what do you? Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it, you're you're gonna box. He's going to play darts. We're going to see who the best basketball player is. You're like, what? How is, what? It, it would be some some mess for, for North Texas to win and get uh, win the championship this year after Mason Fine graduates. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah, that would be something because it would mean that you would have to get through the winner of the East, which is pretty tough. Like FAU, a lot of talent. They lost Roberson. Roberson got dismissed. But they got a like a transfer quarterback, Willie Taggart. He's coaching conference USA before. Well, he's coaching Western Kentucky before. He's a solid coach. This might be his level. Marshall's good. Um, you know, like Charlotte probably could beat some teams. Like Charlotte's good. They're just not. They don't have a full identity. They remind me of what UAB was that first couple seasons when they got, came back. When you're like that team's tough. They're a little scary. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. look like they know what they want to do. Uh, they just need a couple more guys in there, and they'll be complete. They're a little scary that way. Um, whereas, like, in the West, it's like UTEP, which is just, they're bad. They're awful. Rice Rice is on that trajectory, and they beat us last season. But, again, they haven't played. I have no idea what that means for them, right? Um, they're going to have their first game jitters when, like, UTSA plays them on Halloween. You know, it's... It, for their fifth game, it's gonna. It's just. It's gonna be weird. It's hard to compare notes across any of that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just gonna be one of those years. And and if one of those the teams in, one of the teams in the East gets it, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. If any team deserves it, it's Marshall this season. They've been a good team last three seasons. They deserve to, you know, get some shine, whatever shine that is. Uh, I mean, you know, like again. What does it mean to be the champion of Conference USA during the pandemic? It means like what? I don't know. Everybody wore masks. High five. I mean, it's a lot of what that is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, man. I'm looking forward at least to watching the game. It's fun. It's fun to get sports angry uh, sometimes up to a point. 
um, when you see people bouncing off the quarterback, not so fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, I want to be happy for once. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Um, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the Mingry Nation podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, or as Bomani Jones says, subscribe. Um, you can subscribe to the show uh, via iTunes. You can subscribe directly via the feed. You can just listen by going to the site, click on MGM Podcast. It'll play right there. Um, they're all there in the little player. Um, I think a lot of people, I was kind of looking, I try not to look at any of the stats, but you can see all the different feed catchers everybody uses, like Overcast, like the Apple Podcast one. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, uh, try to do, if you have feedback for us, you can email at podcast at mingreenation.com. Uh, and if you want to me to forward that to Al, you just address it to either of us. I'll pass it on. Uh, if it's, you know, specifically for Aldo or something. Um, you know, you can leave a review on iTunes, all that good stuff. If you want to just tweet at us, leave a message on the forum, whatever. Everywhere we do it, we appreciate it. Aldo, where can we find you on the internet of ours? On the Twitter, you can find me uh, at Aldo Avina. On Instagram, you can find me at Nerdy Golfers. Sweet. Uh, yeah, he did, Aldo does a lot of selfies, you know. He's always posing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> With uh, the golf ball. Yeah. So somber. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's where you can find us. That's what's up. Uh, we'll be tweeting about it. Mingry Nation, the Twitter handle, uh, where we you know, tweet about the game, rain or shine, basically. Aldo usually tweets also. Um, there's not really much else to, to advertise. What is the re- original word? Advertise. Ad- advertise. What does that even mean? Advertisement? Well, yeah, I know it's that. It's, like, it's kind of like a diversion. Um, here's a bonus thing for everybody. Uh, I was looking up, how did they get to this point? Like, I don't know. I was looking at someone on Ancestry. I think it's what happened. I got a notification and I was like, is this some person related to you? And it was like from a yearbook. Uh, and I was like, oh, they have yearbooks on here. So I was browsing yearbooks just from places around here. And I was looking at this old yearbook, uh, like 1925. Um, and they were like, you know, there was like chess club. Uh, there's like debate team. And then there was minstrel show. It was like, they were just all in blackface. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, check it out. We had their great, our greatest season wow. yet. It was kind of shocking. I was like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> did not expect to see that. You know, again, it's just, you know, <laughs> a yearbook. You know, you just see it like clubs, you know, football team. It was even basket space ball team. You know what I mean? Like that's how old it was. <laughs> And you know racism team, uh, so that was that was kind of shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Window into the past, yeah. It's it's nuts to see kind of that kind of stuff. You know, here I'm thinking about you know old acid wash jeans that I wore in the '90s, and then boom, here you go talking about <laughs> menstrual. Jokes. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that. It just kind of I was thinking about it as a tool for like an historian, right? You're just kind of like, what was the town like? Find old yearbooks, and then you really get a glimpse. I mean, that's I think it's my wife or somebody said, like, yeah, that's literally what they're doing. They're cap- they're trying to capture all of that. Um, but I mean, you can see it, right? It's year by year. You can see what was cool, right? Uh, I was like nineteen seventy. Exactly. Like everybody Styles. in eighty five was trying to look like they were from the Breakfast Club, and it's kind of funny. I'm like these guys right now are probably, you know, 
nearing retirement. I don't know what they were doing 30 years ago. Um, it, all that stuff is just funny to me. And you just, you see it like all these businesses, that old style kind of advertisement where they show you their building, like built for the gentleman or the, the young boy who cares about his clothes. Remember, clothes maketh the man or just whatever. It's just like <laughs> this, like high school dudes are like, yes, this is a, the advertisement for me. I'm definitely going to do this. I mean, I don't know. That, that's what's funny about it. You can just kind of see. Dapper Dan, man. Yeah, you see that transition all the way from 1919 uh, to uh, to now. I don't know. So look it up. If you have, like, I think it's like classmates.com. I think it's one way you can look at old yearbooks or maybe go to the library and look at people in Denton. Look at Denton High. I don't know when it was founded. 1801 or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's your bonus bonus segment of the day. Yearbooks. Who are they? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. Go Mean Green. Go Mean Green. <laughs>